I don't know if you've ever held a newborn baby. Um, so beautiful, so wondrous, um, and yet so helpless, utterly helpless. Imagine Mary, this peasant girl, holding this helpless child, calling him Jesus because an angel had told her to. Imagine Mary looking at her child whose conception was miraculous and she'd heard all these prophecies that were swirling around this child and they were amazing and mysterious. She was told he's going to reign forever in a kingdom without end and yet she's holding a helpless baby. She's, uh, She's changing his soiled clothes. She's trying to calm him. She's rocking him to sleep. Mary and Joseph, they were in no doubt that Jesus was human, uh, one of us. He was very physically dependent on them. They guided his first steps. They watched his first words. Joseph would have put the mallet in that little boy's hand uh, to teach him that craft. They watched him grow just like the rest of us. There were moments, the scriptures tell us, that Mary treasured in her heart, like the prophecy um, from the angel who came to visit her uh, before she'd conceived, or the shepherds who came when the baby was in uh, Bethlehem and the shepherds came and they told this story about the, whole, the, the skies opening and this massive choir of angels just shouting out praises to God over this little baby. These moments that Mary treasured um, in her heart. And yet Jesus is fully human and his physical needs dominate Mary and Joseph's life. If you've had a baby, you'll know what that's like. Hmm. And yet everywhere there are hints that there's more. Like the the law required that they took the baby Jesus to the temple to present him to the Lord. So they did that. And when they did that, there was this old guy, Simeon, this prophet. He was quite old. He didn't normally come to the temple, but um, he listened to God And God had told him, the Holy Spirit had told him, you will not die until you see the Messiah. And so this day, the Holy Spirit has guided this guy, Simeon, to the temple when Jesus, the baby, is going to be presented there. So Mary and Joseph rock up with baby Jesus to present him as the law requires. And this prophet um, that they don't know wanders in and holds this child and says like this, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you've prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations. And then he gives the baby back. And Mary takes him away and changes his nappy or whatever. You know, he's very human. And yet, and yet. And then these magi rock up from a distant land and they've seen the new star in the heavens and they think that it shows them a king's been born and they find the little the place the child lives and they give him these gifts and they bow down and they worship her son, Mary. And the Bible says Mary treasured these things in her heart while she was being a 24-7 mum to little Jesus who was fully human like one of us, tested as we are, tempted in every way. We are experiencing the challenges of human life and relationships, experiencing through his life here with us the full impact of the pain of this world. He was a refugee as a child, a lower-class citizen of a conquered land growing up. He knew the warmth of friendship and the pain of betrayal. He knew the satisfaction of a job well done and the frustration of being let down. Later in his short life, Jesus experienced suffering and betrayal and abuse and false accusations and abandonment and torture and ridicule and persecution and death as one of us. 
He had a very human life, limited in every way we are, one of us, and yet, and yet, his friends knew him well. He was one of them. He walked and ate with them. He spoke with them. He taught them. They saw him tired and angry and upset and frustrated. He laughed with them. He hugged them. He spoke into their lives, one of them. And yet, and yet he stood on the deck of a fishing boat in the middle, in the peril of an angry storm and just went, peace, be still. And instantly the waves stopped and the sea was calm. He spit on the ground and, and rubbed mud into a blind guy's eyes and the guy could see. He was healed. And his disciples, his followers, his friends were like, what? He stopped the funeral of a widow's only son and he called the kid back to life right there on the street. He fed thousands of people with a few loaves of bread. One of us, but surely more. He also, he ignored social hierarchies. He broke every class rule. He knelt with beggars and he sided with prostitutes, but he still had time for the religious elite if they had soft hearts. He welcomed the women who wanted to learn and he turned away the social elite who wouldn't surrender their status. And his words were amazing. Such authority, such truth. He taught about a creator God that was personal, that was interested. He said that God was our father. All of us, he said, we could all know him. He taught an ethic that was stunningly beautiful and so gutsy and challenging and inspiring. And after teaching, he retreated and he just ate food with them like a normal person. And he slept on the ground. He didn't even have a house. One of us. And yet, in the time Peter, James and John and others were with Jesus, they keep seeing him do these things, saying these things performing these amazing miracles and you keep hearing this in the story who is this guy who is this guy we live with him he's one of us but uh, who is he and after they've known him for a couple of years Jesus asked them you know who do people say that I am and and they say well some say that you're John the Baptist and others say you're a prophet or um, Elijah or and Jesus says what about you who do you say that I am and Peter says you're the Messiah the Christ the son of the living God Peter goes, that's who you are. And Jesus says, effectively, well done. Yes, but don't claim credit for knowing that because God told you um, that. And then six days later, Jesus takes the three of them up to a mountain and Jesus is transfigured before them in clothes dazzling white, whiter than anything that we could imagine or make or manufacture here, like dazzling white. And this cloud is there, and these heavenly figures are beside Jesus, and his voice booms out of the, the cloud. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. And they're like, whoa, who is this guy? One of us, and, and yet. Because then it all fades, and they walk down the mountain together, fully human, yet also the son of God, the Messiah, the Savior. And on the way down the mountain, Jesus tells them again that he's heading into suffering and death, it's the job description of the Messiah, and they don't get it yet. Then he gets charged and tried by a kangaroo court and whipped and beaten and executed on a cross, and that felt like the end of it until the stone in front of his graves rolled away and he wasn't there. And, and first Mary, then the disciples, then hundreds and hundreds of people saw him and touched him and, and hugged his resurrected body and danced for joy because he really did it. He really beat death. He said he would, and he did. And now all of his teaching made sense. 
more sense. And they could see it. God really is our Father. He loves us all. He wants us reconciled with Him. Jesus came to do it, and He did it, which means forgiveness is real. And reconciliation with God is real. And the power to love like Jesus loves is here for us. And this life has a purpose way beyond our few years on this dirt ball that we're on here. There's a life beyond, and it's as true and as powerful and as beautiful as Jesus Christ is. And it's his life that he's offered to us. His disciples had seen it, and they knew it was true. And after Jesus ascended back into heaven and they were here without him, um, they went on to testify to that all of their lives. In fact, they died horrible deaths rather than recant that. Because they knew it was true. Listen to some of what they said. This is Peter, the Apostle Peter. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's by his great mercy that we've been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation. And we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And here's John. Uh, one of his other disciples, he says, we proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning. This is God from time before time. From the beginning, whom we have heard and seen, we saw him with our own eyes. We touched him with our own hands. He's the word of life. The one who is life itself was revealed to us and we have seen him. He was with the Father, and then he was revealed to us. We proclaim to you that we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us, connection with us, community with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We're writing these things so that you may fully share our joy. And we might say, how can we fully share your joy, John? We didn't know Jesus. We didn't hug him. We didn't touch him. We didn't see him. We didn't hear him the way you did. We're living here in 2021. This is Peter again, who says, You love him even though you've never seen him. Though you did not see him now, you trust him, and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. In fact, Jesus said to his disciples, it would be better for them after he'd gone. He said, I'll be gone, but I'll send you my spirit, who's the advocate, the counselor, the guide, the comforter, the Spirit of God is available to everyone every minute of every day. Our Father Creator at work within us, revealing God to us, pointing us to Jesus, showing us our need for forgiveness and offering us the answer to the deepest hunger of, of our lives and the satisfaction of our souls. And across the world and across the centuries since, millions of people across all cultures and tribes and languages have been reconciled with their Creator, our Father. Through the Spirit of Jesus, because of who He is and what He did, they knew and they know God is with us. And God is with us, working at you and me, working in our hearts even right now. Stirring my heart when I was only 18, which was a long time ago. <laughs> uh, some 31 years ago. And I crawled up the stairs and I fell on my mattress and I cried my first heartfelt prayer to God. God, I've got nothing, but if you have me, I'm yours. God with me. God with me, and God with me every day since as I look to him for forgiveness and help and guidance and truth. God with me, one of us, understanding all my hurt and fear and heartache because he's lived it. 
understanding the temptation and the testing that I go through because he's been there and he's felt that and he's overcome it and he knows how. Helping me in my weaknesses. Forgiving all my selfishness and wrongdoing because he can, because he paid for it. Already. And working in me and in you powerfully to transform every desire of our hearts until we want what he wants, which is the satisfaction of our souls. Notice that when, in what John wrote, we read before, he says, our fellowship that we want you to be part of is with the Father and the Son. Our fellowship is with heaven. Our fellowship is in that beautiful uh, community of selfless love that goes on and on and on forever in glory that we can't understand. That's, that's where we're connected and that's what we want for you. And we want that so that you can fully share our joy. Which is like what Peter says, you love him even though you've never seen him. And though you don't see him now, you trust him and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. Um, Dominic and Paul are going to come back up here now as we read this. You rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. God with us, inside our human experience, with understanding and help, yet powerful beyond hope and powerful beyond measure in moving in selfless love to save us and forgive us and to fill our hearts with satisfaction and joy as we trust in him. Emmanuel, you're one of us and you're God with us.